practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Yeah, we ran out of LaCroix, now I just gotta settle for regular gross water. You're off the, you don't have a, a Coors Light in there? Meh, maybe later. <laughs> gotta dad pace it. Oh, yeah. We can only drink Coors Lights in the garage. Yeah. Uh, you might even be slipping down to old Milwaukee soon enough. Yeah, bills to oh, pay. Oh, if only. I got a I got an old Milwaukee vibe, the aura. Oh man. I wis will wistfully watch those commercials on YouTube. That man, I wish I was camping with my handsome friends and beards. Did did old Milwaukee have a a theme song? I must right. Oh, I know it. I know it. Nothing like the flavor in a special place. An old Milwaukee beer. Oh, wow. Awesome. I can't wait to find that. I love beer jingles. It's the best. Oh, it's the best beer jingle because it's just all of those like mustachioed 80s young men rugged. Yeah. Like I don't I think my dad dr- drank mil like a 12 pack of old Milwaukee's once cuz it was on sale. Sure. And forever in my mind I'm like that was his beer. Yes, He's the I old feel Milwaukee the same guy. way. Yeah. Cuz it's just there's something about that maroon can. I remember my dad and and the, the reason it the reason it's stuck in my head is because I'm like, "Oh yeah, my dad was an old Milwaukee man." No. My dad liked to deal. Dad. And he saw Old <laughs> Milwaukee was so cheap he couldn't pass it up. It's like a bum walking by like a, a, some fish bo- some fish bones in a in a garbage can. Like had to go back yeah. buy the Old Milwaukee's, and it was so bad that that case of Old Milwaukee was in our fridge for years. And I feel like it would be no different than when we lived in New York City, and had we both had children, when we would buy, like. <laughs> Fucking Dwayne Reed coupon Keystone lights. Oh, absolutely. For like 69 cents on the can. Oh, man. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of. There was like, uh, yeah. What is the can that was all red? Black label. And it's not a yeah. scotch. There's a yeah. black label beer. And I was like, my first yeah. thought was like, oh, like the kind of pricey scotch. It is no. cheaper than old Milwaukee. Then. Oh man! Oh yeah, that old Milwaukee can because it kind of looks like a pack of Marlboros. Yes, yeah. Like it has that like uh, inlet off the red, mm-hmm. you know, like not chevron, but like, and then just that little crest. Yeah, for some reason, I'm like, that's what da- my dad drank. Because all dads drink old Milwaukee. Old Milwaukee will forever be associated with cigarettes, fishing, yep. and dads. Yes. How is it not like, can we get him on the phone? Because I feel like that should have a resurgence. Absolutely. If anything, if you and I are nostalgic for a beer that I think I've drank a old Milwaukee because yeah. I couldn't, if I could have found him, I'd have been like, that's my beer. How do you make that's my beer? It's so bad. How do you, it's beer. It gets you drunk. It's a drug when something that like can mess with your, you know, can when something so sweet can make you feel so good like booze how bad do you have yeah. to fuck it up to make it non-palatable not exist anymore that's cuz there is a generation of men and women but like i'm using you and i as an example yeah i'm a dad you're about to be a dad 
Like that should be hardwired into my brain. Like should be like, I'm a dad now. I need to go buy an opaque old Milwaukee, but you can't find them. They don't exist anymore. The thing, not even for gag, like not even like a gag booze, like even for a joke, like "Ah, it's Christmas. I'll get my dad a six pack old Milwaukee's just for, for laughs. Gag beers. I was thinking when you were singing that old Milwaukee, like do people do a good jingle anymore? And I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but because uh, you can just you can remember all those old cigarette ads, those or old beer ads, with yeah. those old jingles. Uh, there are jingle guys out there because when you sang the old Milwaukee song, it basically was, I am singing a song about drinking, so, and the beer you're drinking is old Milwaukee. It's like oh yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's so simple. It, you're right. Just it's put it like, to a it's burned into my brain. Like it's, and I don't think I can remember. Like a cereal commercial jingle, but that one for whatever reason, like, is burned in my retinas. Is like that, like smoky seventies film grain, like woods pull, like a like a physical camera pull out, and it's a couple guys hanging out with a cooler or a guy, like a guy. It could just be the Marlboro Man, but they did a B B cut and just put Old Milwaukee to it. The um, you know, I think what? it's because we're Midwestern. It's like that, like rugged, outdoorsy. Like I'm like, yeah, like the, I know course commercials with the icy train that shoots sure. frosty jets onto women's bosoms, and like guys what? are like, ooh, it's getting cold in here. The commercial with the guy, like the bartender, who's like. Somebody ordered, I'll have a Coors Light, please. And he jumps into an icy cooler and swims to Antarctica <laughs> to grab a beer, yeah. ratches it out of a, you know, that's your ironic, that's your funny guy beer commercial. He steals it from a penguin and takes it back. Um, but I was thinking that leads me to two places. One. Is it hello, like, Hans. This is the Jerk Practice Podcast. Yes, two. It's Casey Hel- and Hans. Hello, Casey. <laughs> Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast, episode seventy-seven. Thank you. We're getting into it. Um, so the the second thing that brings me to one, I've got two more stories. One is like one of the first ideas I ever had that was like this has to be a sketch because this is so given up it's unbelievable like this guy got it's about a jingle writer mm-hmm. this guy got paid so much money to write this jingle and as soon as i say it you'll know it the second oh, you say the second writer. one after i pin that if we get to it is the most new yorky of stories that deals with a famous jingle so first of all is we were watching tv I don't know, hungover or something. And for some reason, sometimes I just honed in on this jingle because it was very much in the background. It wasn't the forefront Mm -hmm. of the commercial and it was for um, Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. And for whatever reason, the background, the jingle just went, Pillsbury, we're cooking up the cinnamon. Pillsbury. <laughs> I was like, they didn't even. They, what does that mean? They didn't even. I'm say laughing the, because I know where this product. is going. Right. It's going to that. Cooking up the cinnamon. It's going to that sketch, right? We ended up writing a sketch yeah. about it about battling jingle writers. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't remember the exact basis of the sketch, but basically, it was two guys who basically just delivered competitively the worst jingles ever yeah. right oh yeah i and it, they were all very much the same of like cooking up cinnamon 
taking a drink of that beer. You know, it's just the same gross bad. But that's what it is. Like that, like that is, I just don't, there's something that they're, the balls on these guys. Because how long do you think you get before you get to pitch a meeting? Your agency gets hired. You're part of the agency that are going, yeah. we're going with you, Hank. And, you know, we're going with Johnson and Meir. Yes. What, whatever I'm trying to say. We're going with the, the Meir. Johnson and Meir. Johnson and Meir. <laughs> Those are our jingle guys now, officially, in perpetuity. I don't know which one of us is Johnson and which one of us is Meir. Maybe we switch. What kind of name is Meir? For some reason, I feel it's spicy. I don't know why, but we're going Johnson and It Meir. sounds Middle Eastern, but I'm not. <laughs> The uh, uh, so they but you have a long enough time. What I'm trying to say is, company uh-huh. goes to agency, agency goes to their number ones, Johnson and Mir. Yeah, Johnson you got a Mir. month. You got a month to deliver. This is a big rollout for for Pillsbury's new cinnamon roll line, and they could, well, and of they, course, Mir goes month. Give me three weeks, you fuck. Yeah, right. And they're and like Mir, but they go in. And they actually, Mir sets up his piano and they just, they give him. And it's not even a full this, piano. It's like, right. a, it's like a Casio. Yeah. No, they don't even have instruments. They just come in with a cassette tape in their boom box, like to wow them. And the balls to have something like so basic as we're just singing your product. Now your company name, Johnson and Mir. It's like fuck you guys, but no, the and the marketing people are so miserable that they work for Pillsbury, and or have just like no, like they just know they're like doesn't matter what we do, we are selling people bread with sugar on it, and that shit sells, and we and already we'll paid always them. be able to sell bread with sugar on it. Right, nothing you do will ruin bread with sugar on it <laughs> unless you're. Com- commercial is cooking up the cinnamon and then it's a guy sucking another guy's dick and they would still be able to sell bread with sugar on it right right he just pulls out that dick and it's uh one of those rolls of of cinnamon bun rolls (laughs) it's not even a dick it's just the the little the tube of like a cinnamon roll dough yeah that's and then you pan out more and it's shooting out the fly of old fatty pills berry (laughs) doughboy (laughs) Stew. <laughs> no, and that's all I know about advertising is, and as we know after 77 episodes, I'm not the smartest person, but solely based on the show Mad Men. Right. There's a lot of that, like, give us your best shot. And it's like, fuck you, I'm drunk. This is the best. And they go, game respects game. Yeah, it's all sell. He's right? a drunk. Yeah. They're like, it doesn't matter. We're going Johnson and Mir. And that's all it, that's all it takes. Like, they go to agency. Yeah. Agency goes, all right, we see this is important to you. Let's see if Johnson and Mir are free. And they go, doesn't matter. They're like, we're in. We're made. They got we, it. Which leads does me. Does Mir have his Casio? <laughs> of course he does. Does Mir have it's his It's plugged into the wall outlet. Mir doesn't work on Fridays, <laughs> if that's a thing. <laughs> but, uh, and not because he's Jewish, just because he's a fucking asshole. Because he parties. <laughs> um... Thursday's a new Friday. <laughs> they uh, so Johnson and Mir are similar to a couple of twins' uncle we know, 
which is the weirdest. This is what you find in New York, at least young New York. If you're two scumbums running around in weird circles, it's never like the true, like maybe if you see in a show, it's like, like a sitcom premise is like, oh my God, we ended up at like Liberace's niece's house. Like that's too concise and makes sense. You always end up with six degrees of separation from the weirdest thing you would think created a swimming pool full of money, right? So it's always like this. We ended up at a rooftop apartment or a rooftop, uh, an apartment, the first penthouse apartment with rooftop access, like sole rooftop access. And we're like, who are these guys? And it was two scumbummy twins who were like, just these guys, no shoes, rolled up jeans, tank tops. One's got a guitar. And we're like, who are these fucking assholes that they have this? And somebody leans in, as it always does, they go, their uncle wrote plop, plop, fizz, fizz. And in <laughs> retrospect, you're like, what does that mean? Your uncle wrote a famous jingle. A jingle. And now he f- he fronts you the money to have a penthouse apartment in Manhattan? That's the kind of weird moneyed New York that really exists. Well, and that's the thing about, like, you... And you gotta take, like, if you have money, you gotta take it with a great... Like, they probably just have money, and someone was like, this is a crazy story. Yes, exactly. Because you can get away with, like, we went to a, a party... With my friend Josh from college, and he was visiting New York about to move there. And in the, on the cab ride to the party, we all just went, uh, we're going to tell everybody you're Sexy Mona's grandson. Oh, yeah, that's And they're right. like, what the, what's Sexy Mona mean? And we're like, uh, Mona from, uh, who's the boss? That's your mom. Go. And, and we did, and everyone was like, that's Mona's grandson? You just see that? Yeah, because that's how desperate people are to, yeah. to that just grasp a little touch of touch of uh, entertainment because everybody just needs it so bad. That's why the one time, the first shitty job I had, as soon as they found I was like, yeah, I'm here. Um, you know, I want to be a writer. I want to be a performer. Well, stick with me selling hot dogs. Because my mom knows the lady that cleans Tony Danza's aunt's apartment. <laughs> that is not hyperbole. That is verbatim that is exactly. what this guy told me unironically. <laughs> like, That's so the fucking insane. Thing I've ever heard. That's so insane. Oh my God. I wish we could get in a time machine only so that we could pitch a show starring Tony Danza's aunt. Right. Get a sexy maid in there. God, ah, oh, I just the 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 grasping at straws that exist in. But um, it, it, the, I don't know unless the plot plot fizz fizz guy got paid premium and was so good with his money. Because I, at your behest, I watched that uh, Ashley and I watched that documentary series, The Toys That Made Us. Ooh, yeah, okay. And you weren't kidding about that Barbie guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cream Holy rooms. Crap. Cream rooms. Yes. He was married to Jaja Gabor. That's oh, how rich I he was. I forgot about that. Yeah. But even that guy ran out of money. That was weird. And he that created that Barbie. Yeah. Well, he created Barbie, but not only that, even if they, even though they eventually discredited him, 
he had the sweet contract because nobody had faith in Barbie that he got 1% of every Barbie product ever sold. That's where that cream room money came from. Insane. Well, I know, and like that made a lot of, but like, did Elka Seltzer make that much money off of Plop Plop Fizz Fizz, even if they gave him like a 0.1%? Right. Yeah, I don't think his scummy, that's how his it scummy works. nephews are still getting blowjobs in a jacuzzi on I, his I, on his dime. Right. I think how it works is his firm, his fledgling firm, got a weird foot in the door, kind of like uh, who was it, Hasbro, that ended up with the Star Wars yeah. toys. Got oh, a Kenner, we- Kenner, Ohio's Kenner. So his agency got a weird foot in the door and got a hit with plop plop fizz fizz. Opened an agency on Madison Avenue and then continued producing and overcharging their clients. Or they could have just gotten bought out. Right. Yeah. Like, they're Johnson and Reamer, whatever his name is. (laughs) Johnson and Mir. (laughs) Mir. And they had one good idea and they've gotten paid for the rest of their lives to never have an idea again. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Weed out the competition. You're just too, you're too potent, the both of you and your Casio. Cooking up the cinnamon. Shut him up! Shut him up! <laughs> Ooh, that's sharp. Because we have cinnamon in it, and it cooks. That's fucking insane. That I just the fury that that made in me. Because I knew it wasn't even my first thought. Wasn't even somebody got rich. I'm just so poor. I went. Somebody's making an adequate living selling that shit. You know what I mean? Oh, sure, of course. And it's now as we get older, we see so much more of that. Like, someone's getting a solid paycheck to make this. Right. This. That's why you need to bring back, like, if you, if you can bring back a sharp take on Old Milwaukee, a dad take on Old Milwaukee, with an equally, I must say, even though it's not the coolest thing to be, an equally ironic jingle that's as bad as... Old Milwaukee, it's a beer. When you drink it, you're not queer. You know, like, I mean, I don't, that's ridiculous, but. <laughs> but, there you <laughs> go. That's totally off. I'm a little rusty. <laughs> I'm a little, you can't give me beer and ask me to rhyme it. <laughs> that's the story is like, we get them both out of retirement. The contract finally expires. They're too roustabout. about twin nephews. are like, we need more money, uncles. <laughs> He's like, uh, let me try old Milwaukee. <clears throat> he's been, well, that's two. You said you said queer. You can't you can't <laughs> say that. Get him all. out of the room. He's had too many old Milwaukee. They paid him in old Milwaukee. I guess if you think about it, like they, you can't air that commercial on television. I get no. You can air alcohol commercials, right? Beer? Yeah, you can't do cigarette commercials on TV. They used to be able to do them on TV, and then they could only do them in print. And it's been so long since I've looked at a magazine, but I don't think you're allowed to advertise cigarettes in magazines anymore. Because I, like, I was just thinking it, you got pushed out of the market by pharmaceuticals. Right, right. Like, you see 90% more pharmaceutical ads than you do, like, I keep saying Old Milwaukee, which hasn't aired in 30 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like a Coors Light or a Heineken. I think or uh, uh what's the uh, the Mexican beer with the the most interesting man uh Dosakis yeah that's I feel like, like a I see real that guy the most that's the story they're selling is like no that's a real guy who's lived a an interesting life you buy that shit 
No, come on. Like, you can't. That's insane. Because a I, real guy who, have, who wouldn't, he'd go a beer commercial. I'm not doing that shit. I know our president is Donald Trump, but like, it was only, it's only been six years. Like, that guy's fake. And if people are like, oh, he's a real interesting guy, <laughs> he punched a shark in its balls. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's so gross. I think, yeah, cigarette companies did it right. Cause I was just, as we're talking about, I'm like, how come I'm not giving, if they're not allowed TV, if they're not allowed print, mm-hmm. how come every time I open a browser, uh, old Joe Camel doesn't pop up? Like, you know what I mean? With some sexy dame riding his They hump. got taken out. They got taken out early. They had, they had the market first. I feel like they took themselves they out. They had it cornered. Because they're like, we can either be prominent. We can either be that. We can either be in the public's face, continue to do that, and keep getting the shit suit out of us. Or we can just lay low and know... That everybody that wants to smoke is going to smoke. And everybody that tries it that's going to get hooked on cigarettes is going to get hooked. So let's just lay low next to our... I mean... Go ahead. When your business model is just uh, give our shit to the the guys fighting in Europe for free. Right, right. Get them addicted so when they come back they can get their wives addicted and possibly their children addicted. And then it's like you're... They're like, yeah, we're fine. If we can't, we can't advertise on TV anymore. Okay, fine. That is fucking crazy. I want to, I want to go back in time. They're like, would, would you like to go back and see Jesus? Can I go back to that meeting where that scumbag, where Johnson and (laughs) Mir were like, look, you don't need a jingle. We're going to war against the, the Kaiser. Send, give them a ration of two packs of smokes a week. And then put them under heavy gunfire and see if they smoke them. And then make them pay for it afterwards. Right, exactly. Oh, my God. Johnson and Mir, you better retire right now. <laughs> wait, wait, I got one more in me. Nothing like the flavor of a special place. <laughs> old Milwaukee will live forever. Give those old Milwaukee at the Blitz. <laughs> Krieg. We got to get Johnny to make us an equivalent of an old Milwaukee once he starts brewing beers. Oh, that's come on. Nobody's made an ironic like new Kentucky. The old water Tony. That's right. That's such a good idea. Like just package it the same way. Old water Tony. But do you make it taste good or you just go, nope, this is my piss water beer. You know what I you don't got. I know what into. it tastes like. It may have tasted great. It doesn't. It didn't. Probably not. I don't. think Probably it tasted did. about like a Pabst Blue Ribbon. I remember. This is by the way. This is beer talk with Johnson and Mir. But I think <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so stupid. I think I remember hearing this statistic. I don't know if it's just old Milwaukee propaganda, but at one time, old Milwaukee was the number one seller in two markets. The rural market and the urban market. Which why is, is it not around? That's every market then. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, but the thing about that is I, I, I remember hearing that maybe when we lived in Minneapolis or something. But I think when you never saw an old Milwaukee, I, you didn't see old Milwaukee in New York. And that's what I think of when I think of quote unquote urban market, right? I never saw an old Milwaukee 40. Did they, like, get pushed out because they were, like, Chauvies or racists like Coors did? I, I don't know. Because uh, there was, it was in, because um, I think it was, part of it was, 
um, but of course, pervy they were. milk uh, gained traction because he worked with other brewers to boycott. I think it was Coors because they were super conservative and they're like, we hate gay people. So they got Coors beer out of every like bar in gay San Francisco. Bar, uh in lieu of some other brewery. I think it maybe it was like Miller or something. There was an like it was totally a you know, a Johnson and, and Mir campaign of like, well, let's we're gonna sell more of our shitty beer. We right. don't really like gay people, but we're not gonna announce it. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's just but the thing is, they probably sold so it's the weird it's the Trump dichotomy, like yeah. you know what? As long as I take a stance, even though it's evil, I'll get a lot of people on my side because then they won't be afraid to say the shit they're thinking. (laughs) Because we're talking about shitty beer and it it connects to JP in the fact that uh, last time I hung out with JP member Brent Reinhardt. Yeah. Ash and I were in Minneapolis uh, for like an indie comic con with and. A bunch of people I went to college with were also showing, so we ended up hanging out with uh, uh, Brent Ryan. Brent, gotcha. And Timmy was in town, so we went to Brent's house and just hung out for the afternoon. Had a couple beers, and he was like, "I'm making my own beer in my garage." And then he's like, uh, "And we tried some of his beer, and his was good." But then he's like, "Do you guys want some of this?" And we're like, "What?" And he brought out these cans, and they were like, one side like orange hunter orange and the other side like camo but with like a painted pheasant or turkey and he was like i bought this beer for three dollars was it like a piece and and he's like no it's a six pack it was like i don't remember the name of the beer and we all drank it together because he's like i want you guys to taste this beer it's the worst beer i've ever had in my life (laughs) And it's camouflaged because people hunted with it, right? They go hunting with it? Yeah. No, yeah. One side was camo with an animal. The other side was blaze orange in case you're like, don't shoot, I'm drinking. <laughs> That's insane. I know it, it's Schmitz. Yes, I know exactly what Look at that 30-point bucks sipping back old rooster. It was, and I was like, this is perfect because I love Brent. He's one of the funniest dudes in the world. But he was like, I had this 12-pack of the worst beer I've ever tasted. And I'm trying to get rid of it. Would you guys like to go on this experience with me? And we were all like, and it was me and Ash and Timmy. And we're like, uh, yeah, let's do it. And it was putrid. <laughs> it was the worst beer oh. ever. And I was like, Brent, you're not kidding. And we all just like powered through it. And I can't explain it, but it was fucking horrible. And it did not taste like old Milwaukee. Oh, so it was, it was a step below. So I've had the worst beer you could ever have. I don't, again, going on beer talk since we're going, there is, you and I have bought, there's bad beer, which that was, which is just putrid, watery beer. But then there's like your King Cobra, your Colt 45, which is malt liquor, God, yeah. which is claims to be beer, but you li- it literally is just cold Liquor, I it it like yeah. it, in strength. It's like, like barley it actually wine. has a bite. Yes, yeah. urban barley wine, <laughs> which should be marketed and sold because I, you won't sell a lot to you know the people buying King Cobras, but you'll sell a lot to the ironic twenty-two-year-olds buying King Cobras. 
You're you know, getting, it's true. You're I've cold. been, get a, get a I've UBM, been pretty man. sick in my life and like UBW. pretty grossly hungover. Yeah. But one of the worst times was you and I, it was you and I after a night going out and like ripping and roaring. And of course we come home and we went to get beef patties. Yes. Two bags of 25 cent Dorito chips. We're like, we're not done drinking. So we got two of these and they were like mini little keg cans. Like they were dense. Right. And it was like Molson. It wasn't Molson ice. It was the one above Molson ice. Okay, Molson black ice and or something. It, and it was the coldest thing I've ever drank, but it f- was like boozy maple syrup. Yeah. Fire. Like, yeah. and I was so sick. Like <laughs> 30 minutes later, it was just like, this is too much sugar and alcohol for my body right now. Do you remember? That leads me to a really low point in our lives. Because same neighborhood. I think you might know where we're going. You and I got off the F train. And we normally didn't take the F train. Because we normally took like the the R train and got off on like 4th Avenue. But we took the F train, which drops you on like 8th Avenue. So we were heading home. So it's a jaunt. Uh, but we weren't heading by the bodegas of known. We didn't know them and we had just I enough money yeah. to get in change, in change to get two tall boys from the bodegas we knew, which I think had tax. So it would have been literally 99 cents for two big cores and then like, yeah. you know, 12 cents tax or something. So we went into a, the first bodega we find cause all bodegas are the same and we're like, what the fuck is this? These tall boys are a dollar twenty-five each. We literally don't 19. have money for it. So we're looking. We're like, we must be confused. And we're looking in the beer cooler for a while, and we recount our change. And meanwhile, Put the glasses on the nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reading the label. Meanwhile, you can feel the heat from the the feisty, excuse me, bodega owner coming our direction. Like, what are these two? What are these two idiots doing right now? And, um, so we're like, you know what? It's not going to happen. We, we, we debated, you know, um, potentially buying one and sharing it and going home and searching the futon for change. But that would be stupid because by the time we get home, we only have to go another block and we can get our two big beers. So (laughs) put the beer back, walk out the door to a quick, Hey, 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 what are you two doing? Uh, we were going to buy beers, but we can't afford your beers. He's like, bah, what? Let me see your book bag. Because I had a book bag. So open the book bag. Because he was so sure, of course, that we yeah, had that stolen we beer. Because why else would we go in, look at beer, and walk out? We were there to and steal. And then leave, yeah. And he was so... And they're the cheap one, like... Right. I don't think this is quite tall enough to be a tall boy. Put it back. Put it yeah, back. yeah. I think that what the ounceage wasn't right because yeah, we almost got two beers that were ninety nine cents. It's not but produce; it's uniform. There's right. a reason. God. So this guy was so like it's almost like the tables got turned on him when he didn't find anything because now he's put out effort to stop. Like, what? Like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I not? Yeah. Why did I have to turn away from MASH behind my little glass screen to, to, to you know, to stop these kids? To, so then he's like, well, now I have to shame them. He's like, what, what's going on? We're like, we couldn't afford your beers. Like, what do you mean? Go get two beers and buy them. We're like, we don't have enough money. 
And he was like, you don't have $2. We're like, no, we do have $2. Your beer is more than that. He's like, you're telling me between the two of you, you got $2. We're like, yeah. And you don't have credit cards. No. Get out of here. <laughs> so the disdain that dripped from him with that no shame. We were like, what Why a jerk. Why did he just take the $2? Right. Because it's sort of like, yeah, do you want to live my life? Do you want to work at a hot dog shop or a, a, a yogurt place? I live f- my life. I feel Live like my life. I steal from that. the tip jar to buy a cup of coffee. I feel like he did say, like, you need to carry more cash. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> what? Uh, but I don't have anything. I, but I'm thinking back to that time. And, like, I drove, I you know what I do now? I'm an old, I'm a Charleston hack now. I drive for Lyft. I was driving Lyft around. It's great. It's really fun. How? Yeah? Yeah, it's fun, and well, it's, you, it's, it's lucrative. Like, you know the neighborhood? Like, you just camp out around where you need to be? and Yeah, I, there's, it's nonstop pickup if you want to drive into Charleston, drive people around, give them the old, by the way, the best is if you join Lyft, which is, Super easy to do. Uh, you'll get to see tutorials. And one guy, white guy, beard, kind of looks like Henry Zabrowski, named Griff, with two Fs, oh, who's like, here's the thing. <laughs> to be a Lyft driver is like being a friend in the community. So I invite him in, offer him free sticks of gum. And by the way, I'm a performer. So I'm a com- or, By the way, I'm a comedian. So I try my material on him. And then oh, he becomes God. self-deprecating. He says, so the first week, I guess my material wasn't hitting because my rating dropped below four. So what did I do? Get discouraged? Bump. Not me. <laughs> I took to writing better material. And now I got oh. five stars. It's like, Griff, go fucking hang yourself next to Ray Combs, oh. you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Griff. Oh, God. So are you the, are you the Mr. T of uh, Charleston? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Hansi Mr. Nice Cab? Guy. Hansi. Oh, yeah. Hansi. I, I do have a cooler that's empty, but so my intention was need. to put waters in Wink. there. But I guess if you brought a water, you could try and keep it cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in, a, in a room temperature, empty cooler. I, <laughs> and I totally, the other thing is I have like a portable phone charger that's not charged itself. So I was like, I got a phone charger. You know what? It's not charged. You can bring it up. You can hand it up to me if you want. All the accoutrements of, uh, can I steal the coolness of your beverage and your cell phone charge? Yeah, suck it in. So where I was getting to is that is that essentially life forced me into side hacking it, side gig, because yeah. you know money's tight. But I, it's always good to keep it green. If you can remember back to a time where between two of us, we didn't have the appropriate amount of change to buy beer from yes. our bodega, bodega of liking, or no, from yes. From whichever bodega we wished, I should say. We had to we, we right. had to shop at the poor people's bodega. We got shamed into going back to where we belong. <laughs> right. Oh man. Systemic. <laughs> Go back to that street where they have the guy with the bull whip. I have never eaten more dinty more stew than when we lived in Brooklyn. 
We literally, I shopped at that bodega on our corner like it was uh, the only market in town. I ate spaghetti and meatballs, dinty, uh, the, what's the spaghetti and meatballs in the can? Chef Boyardee. Oh yes. my God. I cannot, I mean, my blood type was I ate poverty. pasta out of a dog bowl. Right. There was a metal dog bowl that like Timmy had from a prop from the whitest kids. And I was like, that's my bowl now. I remember you remember it was like uh, we had the when sometimes we're like, we can't use the oven. Why not? Rats built a nest. And then somebody (laughs) came home and too drunk and used it. And we're like, what's that smell? I cooked the rats. (laughs) So gross. I did. I turned it on periodically because I was like, I got to get these rats out of the oven. <laughs> one one was sleeping too hard. Couldn't scurry fast enough. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we lived so shitty that at that bodega that they he would just be like, yeah, it's it's a dollar. <laughs> Ninety nine cents. Timmy would go buy cat food and for whatever reason, baguettes for himself. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the the sweet Spanish guy. Explain to him that cat food wasn't real food <laughs> because because <laughs> he recognized the three of us so much. He was like, no, 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 this is not for humans. And he's like, I understand. He was like, don't put that on bread. He's like, what? Like, he thought we were eating trash. Like, we were those people. We were the I remember we were so friendly. There's a there was a new bodega that opened across the street. That was like maybe a front for something. It was like a new family. I think they were from Honduras. Oh, yeah. And they were super nice. Husband and wife and the the, the sweet little Little, sweet little kids. Little baby, yeah. And I was like, we were in there every day buying beers. And they were like, they were still nice because I think, you know, because they were opened right across the street from the only business, the only game in town. That was the ATM where I'd get my rent money out of. <laughs> right. Because uh, we had to pay our rent in cash. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Uh, but so, like, even though they were like, these guys are ridiculous. But it was still nice and cordial. And I remember we are like, we're cooking Christmas dinner over here. We'll bring you a plate. And I just remember their faces like, great. And, you know, in retrospect... I can already picture them like, don't eat that. Don't like, oh, thank you so it. much as they under beneath the counter s- swipe it into a trash can. Uh, give that to the rats that live in your oven. <laughs> yeah, right. Because we probably had mentioned, we're like, yeah, we got to buy some beers, some cat food, a baguette, <laughs> rat poison, ovens full of rats. <laughs> hey, happy holidays. We got to make sure to bring you a plate. We're cooking uh, skirt steak or whatever kind of weird chuck steak we bought from the stinkiest. If you don't believe in food droughts, you're crazy. Like in poor neighborhoods, you get – Yes. You literally walk into a supermarket and usually they're called like a sea town or something. And it smells like a litter box farted in your face. It smells (laughs) like old meat and just like – Old beans. And so we would go if there. You, if go you ahead. could put a cage around food, that's what it was. There was plexiglass and cages around food. It was like a Mad Max grocery. Oh, so sad. And the and the produce, the, the produce that was there was so wilted and just, ugh. 
anyways, we, that's where we went. Cause to go someplace else would take effort. And it was more, as you've and been I hearing. I worked at Whole Foods. I worked <laughs> at Whole Foods. <laughs> you know, I carry groceries was like, too expensive for my blood. You had beer drinking hands. Not enough strength <laughs> to grip. Uh, so go to that sea town and find, like, even, like, the cut of meat where they'd be like, are you, you sure about that? That's dog meat. That's all veins. Like, that's <laughs> all just, like, veins and, like, it just says in Spanish. Like knee meat. <laughs> so I'll yeah, take the beef knee. It was. It's literally like yeah, beef knees, like the kind you that can be amazing if you had patience, which we didn't have any because our stomachs were growling, the beer growls, <laughs> and so like it's the kind you'd have to crockpot simmer for two days. It's nice and tender, fall off the bone, but we're like. We eat it rare. I just remember. Putting, <laughs> just, yeah. So this is back in, now I'm going back to a time in Minneapolis where like, where it was, uh, it was quantity, not quality. Cause this is, oh, this yeah. is, the, this is before pop. We had a little dough in our pocket where we had that Starbucks coffee money. And so we're like, we're going to go get steaks as big as your head. And we go there and we're like, I think they're called Porter house. We see the Porter house and we're like, that shit's $20. <laughs> Let's get the. The Dorderhoos. <laughs> Dorderhoven. Let's get the German steaks. It's seal steaks. <laughs> and we still, so we're like, the key to a good oh, steak is to season it. So we just, <laughs> <laughs> we just bought a bottle of, I don't know what the brand is. You can recognize it. Like, it. it starts with like a tea or the, something. Yeah, it was. what's the brand? I can think of the logo. And it was just like their teriyaki steakhouse mix italian marinade so it's just italian dressing took it and so the idea again like that is sure it'll marinate your steak if you pound it in put it in like the 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 fridge for a few hours to let that infuse but we just two steaks the size of your head dense leathery slap it in a skillet dump the whole bottle of seasoning over it one minute on one side other minute on the other side and then just plop it on a plate. <laughs> and I've oh, never, shit. just that first trying to saw that first bite off and the sinew, <laughs> the chew, just the instant regret that this is what we spent all our money on. So we had to sit of- and try and gnaw through this, literally like alley dogs, try and gnaw through these cuts of meat. As we watch one of the two DVDs I have, it's either Animated Transformers or Joe Dirt. <laughs> Probably watch both. Joe Dirt. <laughs> it was, yeah. oh. oh, man. No, it's like it's like that Charlie Chaplin thing where he eats a shoe. Mm. Like, I think a shoe would have been easier to eat. It probably would have been a there are no, softer. At least there are no bones in a shoe. I remember... Like there was a gro back by where I lived when I had that studio apartment in Minneapolis, there was actually a grocery store similar to a sea town that was literally going out of business. Yes. So yes, we I went there and we're like, Ooh, this is a sign the wrong people found out about went in there <laughs> and all their meat, which was going bad and seafood, they discounted like 75% off. So like Charlie Chaplin Kings licking our fingers, we got lobster tails cut to meat, old meat. Oh, and we're like a little surf and turf, but we didn't know how to cook nor bother to know how to cook. So we're like, 
let's so they were lobster tails, but we just like well lobsters you put them in boiling water, so we just threw these lobster tails in boiling water and watched as the meat just boiled away <laughs> into the soup evaporating. Yes, smells great. So we just sucked on these empty shells. Oh my god, yes. That's what that's what children do when you give them like when the adults go away. Right. It's like we we put on our dad's Sunday suit coats and we found his wallet and we're like real men eat steak and lobster. <laughs> he just ate like catfish and snake meat. <laughs> it's like that time uh my mom tried to correct me I was making a salad. And I had iceberg lettuce, which I cut up into pieces. And then I took out a jar of salad dressing, which was just Mm -hmm. the generic way of saying mayonnaise. And I started plopping salad dressing on my salad. And she's like, no, 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 that's that's not salad. I was like, no, it I can read. And then I took one bite. And of course, I was just eating lettuce and mayonnaise. But I couldn't let my mom be right, so I just sat and ate an entire bowl of mayonnaise with iceberg lettuce in it. Oh, oh man. So and you're a vegan now, thankfully. Yeah, It'll right. never happen again. Sure. Well, no, Hellman's makes vegan mayonnaise. So I literally made coleslaw yesterday. Which, which was just what that meal. That is exactly Cic- what it was. All cyclical, I did is I baby. took a bag of coleslaw, pre-made Whole Foods coleslaw, Hellman's mayonnaise, Salt and pepper. And I went, Meg, taste this. I think it's a little rich. <laughs> she went, yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it's a little rich. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. Some things never change. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You sent me that big pivot here, but I'm really glad you finally saw that documentary on John Micklethor. Oh, my God. Anyone who's who's listening still, do yourself a joy joy work sign up for this job it's joy work it's on netflix it's deep in the documentary section but it's a documentary called i am thor yep and you aren't kidding baby i'll get you right into it so uh i love that you just said he's the most canadian man i've ever seen he is the (laughs) most he's more canadian then the Trailer Park Boys, John Candy, Michael J. Fox There's combined. Super special about how Canadian he is. He reminds he- me of home, but even even better. Like even like even the spiciness of a Midwesterner doesn't isn't like you just aren't Canadian. So I mean I don't want to bury the I don't want to spoil nor bury the lead. So I'll just. There is something amazing. So it's basically about a washed up Canadian hair metal star who's still trying to make it super Canadian, but he got his start in Vegas and and he's a bodybuilder. It was that weird mix. Oh yeah. No, this is literally what we're describing for you. You find out in the first five minutes or less. So born in Canada. Yep. Sweet guy. Mom and dad work hard, do what they can. He's like, my brother I thought was cool. You know what my brother had? Weightlifting magazines. And they show you those, like, what are the gay porno of the 50s. Absolutely. Which is the secret. That was the secret code is like, oh, you like wrestling magazines? (laughs) And he was like, I want to lift weights. So this Canadian dude is just like, so I started lifting weights. 
But what I loved more than lifting weights was rock and roll, baby. Combine the two. But first, so I think it was in the 70s. So he beca- he's kind of like a hunk. He's like that hunk. And then oh, you yeah. hear him open your, his mouth and you're like, oh, you're a bow hunk. Like, and it's no bullshit. Like he's not like a, a C level, D level. Like he competed against like he like, I don't know, based on the documentary, he has like Lou Ferrigno. Like he's in the circuit. Like yeah, they yeah, show he's him like there. he's like a non steroid. Like he's like a muscle man. That doesn't take steroids. Right. And his music, for the genre that it is, can compete yes. as well. Yes. I mean, it might be a little, uh, the hairs might be running a little thin now as he keeps putting out albums and keeps trumping his band members. <laughs> no spoilers. There's like, he's, he's not paying us. What was it? What was it? Was it called? Like, so he was like, I like, uh, I'm lifting weights and I'm kind of not getting where I need to be. But I also like music, and I can play music. So I started a little band called, like, Muscle Music or Muscle Power. Okay, yeah. I forget so the name he of it. Started, he literally started a band with only weightlifters, male and female. That's incredible. And they're all on stage, and they show clips, and they're like, it's perfectly choreographed. It's better like than a jerk practice show. Oh, without a doubt. Like, they're on point flexing and doing stuff and he's like so we had a good thing going writing a couple songs but the lady the lady lifters and the man lifters couldn't get along the best is that's of course that's so that's so canadian but so first his first touch of fame he gets his own vegas show yeah yeah and the way he gets his vegas show and this is so you know how you take it you run that you run a risk when you pick a documentary on Netflix these days. Yeah. So it's like all right, do, Thor, yeah. all right, washed up rock stars could be good. And again, they don't bury the lead. Within the first three minutes, you see his Vegas show, turquoise baby briefs. He's all greased up, dancing, kind of doing like a Chippendales dance. And then he's got like cowboy boots, cowboy boots, right? Big old hair, and then. He pulls from nowhere, basically, seemingly nowhere, a hot water bottle, and then yes. proceeds. Oh my God. Almost like it's almost like a Howie Mandel bit because his face yes. looks the same because it has to, to be able to do this because it's no bullshit. He proceeds to blow up a hot water bottle like a latex balloon until it bursts. And that is no joke, Hans isn't kidding. The opening scene of the movie. It's fucking so, amazing. So you see him in that like 80s Donahue mode and he's like tooting around the stage and he's got a killer blonde mustache, like lovely curly blonde hair. And he's like hooting and tooting and you're like, he's built and he's kind of doing his moves. And all of a sudden he pulls out that water bottle and you watch it in real time. <laughs> I know. And so like for as built and strong and superhuman as this guy is, it takes a long fucking time to blow up a hot water bottle. And, it's and not, you watch it in real time. And it's not pretty. It doesn't matter how no, hunky and ripped and or like greased up you are. You still have to go. Hur, like, cause it's you've had a, everybody's held a hot water bottle. That shit, you can't. That's insane to do that. That's well, insane. And then the best part is he tries, and that's the best part about him is he tries to put flourish on it because he understands just standing and watching even the hunkiest of hunk. Well, the hot water bottle isn't gonna light, isn't exciting. So he like lays down 
and starts like humping while blowing. Oh, but it's still just like her. <laughs> the best is not to spoil anything, but eventually I think you can all see where it's going. There's a bit of a wash up scenario here. But still, he gets kind of a loyal uh, group of following because he ends up into like oh, the hair God. metal, like kind of demonic show stuff. But every once in a while, for a showstopper, out comes the water bottle. So amazing. he's got a couple of gags in his. He's got a he's got a repertoire. He it's he is like a walking jerk practice sketch with his props. He like he becomes uh, did real you notice, attached to the props. I started. I was like, it's. It was so funny, but it also was so sad because I could like see myself in it, but it was fucking hilarious because I was like, if that was a character choice, he would, it it would be fucking brilliant, Right, but it's not a character choice because it's, it's reality. And he, uh, it shows him backstage and this is like, as the documentary goes on, like he has some fame, knows a shit ton of famous people, doesn't quite make the cut. Obviously gets older. Still, he's a human, but still trying to rock the Thor persona. Right. So we catch up with him a little bit later. He's a little bit less buff. Yeah. So he's wearing like, you know, catchers, you know, hockey pads and shit. And there's a scene where he, they catch him in the background and he's putting, (laughs) it's just the best. I was like, of course, he's trying to put on his skull belt. But he does it the way we all would do. And despite the fact that he's like, I'm fucking Thor, God of Thunder. I'm a fucking, I can bend steel with my bare hands. Just his dainty, watching him slink up this skull belt like it was a pair of panties. (laughs) God. And then he gets it up and he goes, oh, shit. Forgot to put on the chest piece. So then he has to like (laughs) slink it down. Oh, God. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I don't want to give any more away, but there's a lot more involved there. And then once you watch that, and I'm throwing this to you still, Case, because now I remember the name of it, you can go on and watch his one theatrical debut on Amazon. It is in Netflix. I'm sure you can find it without. It's called Rock and Roll Nightmare, and it is unbelievable. It's It's exactly what you would expect. Canadian rock band. They go out to a country house for the summer to record a hot lick album, and then it take it from there. They get picked off one by one. But it's again, we're not doing it justice because we're not doing the Canadian yeah. accent that this beefcake has that shouldn't be coming out of his mouth, especially when he's no. wearing crazy skull gear and everything. And of course, it should be said that he also has the Canadian polite. Which is yeah. also oh, crazy to come out of a guy with a skull belt and chest piece out. And has a bit of a self-awareness. Like, he pretends to be his own manager, and by pretends to be, like, he makes people call a answering service where he's like, my name is Chris Johnson, and oh, I'm my fuck. own manager. I forgot about that. That's really sad. Oh, God. Yeah, he answers a phone as a fake manager. Yeah. And he makes even makes a joke in the documentary. He's like, asks his friend to do it. And he's like, come on, what? And he's like, it's Vandalay Industries. Like, he knows he's fucking George Costanza. He gets it. I mean, and they like, so what is his incentive to now put that onto a documentary? Because the pros outweigh the cons. Like, yes, now I'm I'm 
really exposing myself as, you know, kind of a sad individual. But the pro mm-hmm. is you and I, like a lot more people than you and I now know the name John Micklethor. Probably a lot of people, I can see somebody like, like Timmy, like going, yeah. actually that music's kind of awesome. And Timmy's the type of guy who respects that shit. And he'd go out and buy every muscle, muscle yeah. music album there is. I think it was because the people behind the documentary, sad to say, got him those gigs oh, in the documentary. There you go. God. Because it gets to, it gets very like uh, spinal tappy, and like he's doing a show in like Charlotte, North Carolina, and his band has quit on him for the tenth time, and he gets those. He gets the guy that's head of his, it sounds like an office episode, but the guy that's head of his fan club also plays bass. So he's like, <laughs> I got my old band together. And it's like scabbing the farty boys. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And he literally, and you know, I would assume someone asked off camera, like, why are they called the farty boys? Because it cuts into, he's like, so when we were sharing a hotel room, it was kind of like every time we walked in, Someone just took a fart and it stunk. So I was like, <laughs> took a why fart. not the farty boys? <laughs> that is, again, the most... You, only in Canada does that work as kind of quaint. Someone just took a fart. And they and had like... It was like old Dick McFarts and old Scooty Fart Butt. Like they had the like greatest middle school like names ever. Ugh, so good. John Micklethor. Just check it. I, I wonder if he's. I bet he's just like the way that Anvil. If you haven't seen that documentary, Anvil, a little more yeah. put together. These guys, Anvil, had a little more clout, I would say, than John Micklethor ever had. But again, yeah. a Canadian documentary about a Ooh, like a badass Canadian. metal band, and then as soon as they're off, <laughs> a lot of misfortune happens to them. But they're sweetly, you know, polite and Canadian. But they had a big resurgence after that documentary you'd see him doing shows at like um oh i forget like what are the venues in new york like the one on 14th street bowery hall no oh right um doesn't matter fuck, I can't I, I, i'm yeah. not i'm not in tune with that you, but you'd see them playing moderate shows comparatively to the documentary where they're just playing like to 12 people and they ended up opening yeah. for um anthrax and stuff so that had a big resurgence so maybe old Micklethor yeah. is out there blowing up a hot water bottle as we speak on the stages of Branson, so. Missouri, opening for uh, Yakov Shmirnov, which I would pay for that show in a heartbeat. And that was the thing. They don't show a lot of footage from his show, but they show a lot of reactions and people. And, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. And they're like young kids. They're like, that was awesome. What oh, yeah. he did was awesome. I'm sure it's amazing. It's like that first time I saw, like you wouldn't, the one time, the first time I saw Harmar Superstar, it was in the basement of like, you know, a Howard Johnson in Sioux Falls. And it was at like a ska show, but to open it up, walks this little guy, looks like John Lovitz, looks like the critic in a full jumpsuit with a cape, just has a microphone and a, like, um, like a beatbox, plays all his tracks himself. And then just proceeds to like, just picture John Lovitz like gyrating, kind of like John Micklethor, like to this weird, like over-sexual to the weird crowd of 14-year-old like ska kids. But it was amazing. Yeah. 
because it was just this weird little bald man who was like breakdancing alone with just his only accoutrement was a little uh was a little boombox speaker and was that Harmar? That was Harmar. And and you should walk away and go, what the fuck was that? But it was, you got to sell it. You got to sell what you're selling. Mm-hmm. And you just walk away and go, that was so crazy. It was amazing. No, he, Harmar, yeah, Harmar Superstar wrote some pop stuff for Kelly, Kelly Osborne. Something, yeah. Something he, like that. He, he ended made up money. getting dipping his toe. It's that confidence, I'm telling you. It's Johnson and Near. Sell. Sell, yeah. sell. So Harmar, as weird and kind of from what we he saw looks like from the fringe, Andy Milanakis's dad. Yeah, yeah. What? You know that 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 baby man that was on MTV, Andy Milanakis. Yeah, sure. He kind of always looked like a young, like just a, a young kid forever. Yeah, the first Harmar thing you'd looked hear like about him, him, but bald. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the first thing they're you'd not hear- related, but they very look similar. Oh, I thought you meant he was like on his show playing his dad. No, no, no. They, I just was like they for because they were the same time. They, I feel like the first thing you'd hear. I hadn't thought about Andy Milanakis in a long time. The first thing you'd hear about him, you're like, oh yeah, Andy Milanakis, and somebody go, yeah, yeah, he looks really young, and then somebody pipe and go, yeah, he has a disease, (laughs) and it wasn't. He's just like kind of a young looking man. Yeah. But it was always like, no, he's never going to grow again. But then <laughs> I also heard he was, look- yeah, maybe it was us spreading that rumor because he was kind of a cock. <laughs> You're always going to look like young Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harmar Superstar ended up, again, he's uh, just on the fringe from what we saw. He seemed to be a little showy, slimy, because there was that one oh, time yeah, where just slack-jawed, we, Again, I can't stress enough, and this is, it's all confidence. When you see this guy, just picture John Lovitz, but more unkempt, longer hair in the back, Mm -hmm. maybe a little balder, maybe a little crust around his eyes, members only jacket, slink by you, pick the hottest girl in, pick the hottest girl in the club, quote unquote. And then what did he do? He just pulled her over and said, I'm a millionaire, and then just kissed her in the mouth? In retrospect, that's insane. That might have been staged. He might have been paid a model to do that, to hype himself up in front of a record label or something. No, I, it was the, I, because I worked merch at, uh, the six, what's the, what's the big club in Minneapolis? Uh, Avenue, Sixth Avenue. Sixth Uh, Avenue, but the, the side venue, the small one. Fifth Street? I forget. I what, can't think of it. Fifth Street venues. Station or whatever? Yeah. You know, I remember working merch for uh, Jesse's band. Yeah, and of course. Because that was like the hot, hot indie venue, like Harmar would hang out there, and that's what he would do. He'd just find the most attractive woman in the room and just be like, yo, I have money. That's And, you know, nine times out of ten, Harmar wins. That's weird. That's because we're in the the we're in the club full of sc- scummies. I'm not <laughs> cut it. <laughs> um, club full of scummies. Car- yeah, club full of scummies. Johnson and Mir pulling it, striking out on that one. You want us to club sell a uh, scummies? All right, it's an indie club, Minneapolis. First Avenue is the main club. I got it. Come on in, it's a club full of scummies. 
Fifth Avenue. Remember? And they're like, that's not even our name. Johnson and Muir, you've lost it. I'm kicking your nephews out of their high-rise pad. (laughs) They're hot tubs. My nephews, I love that idea. How many, is there any shows that are uncle nephew based? (laughs) There should be now, because I just love it. It was like, Johnson and Muir are unaffected, but it's like, but your nephews are going to be out on the street. Not my nephews. They're like, what do my nephews say? Just two scummy (laughs) nephews. That is a f- uncle nephew. <laughs> That's a great name for a sitcom. <laughs> Coming Friday to TJF. It's Uncle Nephew, starring John Nickel Thor, who lives in a van, beats his wife. Remember that was the big thing. Remember that from Step by Step. Like, why isn't my favorite character Cody still living in the van? And somebody has to pipe him. Go. He beats his wife. Oh, that's right. The Cody, the Karate Kid. Cody, who was knew act- karate, and also stars in maybe the worst movie ever made. You can't even. This is the one where you go on Amazon and go, all right, Dr. Toilet recommended a bad movie. Oh, it's not available to me to, to prime it? I guess I'll, uh, I guess I'll, I'll just rent it for a dollar. No, it's one of those. Not available for purchase, not available for rent. It just, they swiped it clean off the books. Stalin it, washed it from history. Yep, erased it right, erased Cody right out of his picture, <laughs> and it's called Spike of Bensonhurst. It's just uber, uber, like aggressively Italian, like in the now like offensive way where it's like, "Hey, Spike, what are you doing? Oh yeah," and he lives in Bensonhurst. Uh, and the weird is it like thing- that scene in the Bronx Tale where they beat up the Hell's Angels? Just because they're so Italian, our boss, can... our boss's favorite, our old boss's favorite scene, <laughs> favorite scene in any movie. That's it's so weird. grossly Italian because there's like that never happens, never, no, ever once. It's like those hell's ain't Andy. First of all, it's not real. Second, <laughs> those hell's angels would destroy these Italian guys in the back of a room. And why are the hell's angels rolling through the deep Bronx to stop off for a for a Schmitz at old luigi's but um it's a, it's a ways off the old highway <laughs> yeah it's, it's, yeah exactly this is spike of bensonhurst so now that i think about it it's a uh it's a romeo and juliet tale because he falls in love with wait it's a west side story tale it's his crew and he ends up falling in love with a spanish girl and i'm i don't want to blow it out because i haven't seen it so long i think she's puerto rican and the best scene is any time, like, I just can't do it justice. There are multiple times where he walks out of his house and somebody, like, sees him walk by and they go, Hey, Spike! And they hit a boombox and the entire street clears off and in walks a bunch, in dances a bunch of background dancers and they do, like, a, a clappy, like... Like kind of like a line dance almost, <laughs> multiple times street dance scenes. You have to spike a Bensonhurst. It's worth it. But he beats his wife. Uh, those are the best two. Those are our two next TV pitches: Uncle Nephew and Cody knows karate. <laughs> yeah, bring him back. Well, Tarantino <laughs> Cody. No, that's not fair. Tar- we'll just get a new Cody. Oh, all right. 
Who's some? We'll do Andy Milanakis. Oh no, no, no! I heard he was kind of a wiener, and I heard he has a disease. (laughs) Pizza's white disease. He's so mad about having that kid disease that he beats his wife. And that's bullshit. If he spread, if he spread his own kid disease rumor, I want, I want, I want that kid that has the the HBO documentary kid who has the real yeah. disease that ages him a hundred years and he's only twelve. I want that guy to that kid to show up at Andy Milanakis' house and have a roustabout with him. Uh, that kid gets to take a bat to him the way. Bronx Tale took a bat to the Hell's Angels. <laughs> You'd be walking. We just locked a- that door. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. You'd be walking into a legitimate nightmare if you walked into a bar of old man disease kids. Uh, uh, guys, I think I uh, I took a wrong turn. Lock the door. It's, it's one of them on the shoulders of another one. Who... They all just look like Squidward. <laughs> oh, man. That was rude. That was rude. I'm just... Couldn't be sweeter, oh, those kids. Now. Got a rough, got a rough deal. Yeah, they did. They did really. They should really fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson and Mir, get on it. <laughs> we need a good jingle. He's old. Well, I mean, he looks old, but he's young, and he'll die young. Johnson and Mir. <laughs> <laughs> that you, sir, are my master. <laughs> done a lot of hush talking in this episode a lot of side side <laughs> side mics which no one can see I know. Like you can tell by the tone it's a hush you can it's the side excuse me i, I can finally be it's more intimate mic. with the mic now that i'm out of the streets out of the march with henning back into my oh, comfort yeah. box i haven't listened yet i just saw it it was up it gets well it's kind of like uh uh, I mean, people that will listen to are like, don't. But because instantly, as classically, I'm classically extremely late. And then mm-hmm. by the time we start marching, they're like, ah, they're shutting down the march. Go left or right. Like, all right. Well, I guess we're going to just pod walking around the streets of Manhattan, which we do. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. There you go. And but But also, I won't spoil it, but let me just remind you that, as always, in a march that is wholly unified of pe- of like-minded people i mm. still walk am- amidst a crowd with rube on my forehead just you get the john rambo pointed. vibe going oh, oh yeah right exactly <laughs> that's right i did get in a little trouble with the police literally <laughs> not trouble you did. i just got side-eyed hard in front i didn't even realize it was like perfect so I have Meg's jacket because I don't have a winter coat, which just happens to be a Vietnam military jacket. I have a mm-hmm. overflowing book bag. I pull out, as you know, my Zoom, which is the recording device case, which looks like a case which you would keep a revolver in. Pull that out, <laughs> yeah. start to open that up, and I look up. First, I look across, and I just see cops talking to each other, staring right at me. And then I look up above my head and I'm literally in front of Trump Park East, in front of one of Trump's oh, buildings. God. And I just had to go, no, yeah. no, 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 it's recording equipment. And they just go, uh-huh. And I just walked away. 
Keep talking. Yeah. Yeah, right. I didn't, I literally just, which probably looked more suspicious. I went, no, it's recording equipment as I just shoved it back into my book bag. So I was like, (laughs) I'm going to just do this around the corner because I don't want to be squatting here in the middle with this overflowing book bag. But it only got, um, I only, that that put the bullseye on my forehead and then people Mm -hmm. knew where to, uh, they knew where to go. Oh yeah. He's our guy. He's our guy. Our token Chauvy. Mm-hmm. No, not Chauvy. Henning got Henning got in trouble for for the spoilers. Henning got in trouble for a little vulgarity with the Ooh. craziest woman of the march. Of course, yes, of course yeah. he did because he's so sweet. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, he's almost Canadian. He's so sweet. I know. That's right. We got to see. Uh, we're gonna mail Henning a hot water bottle and watch him blow it up in two weeks time. <laughs> Slowly put a little air in it, cork it, a little air the next day. Henning, you're listening. You got a challenge. <laughs> the old hot water bottle challenge. Yeah, for AL for kids with that with adult disease. That's <laughs> the new challenge. Don't eat a hot pepper like a freak. Blow up a hot water bottle for this old man. Poor <laughs> this old man. He looks young, though. <laughs> no, that would, there's no such. I don't. Oh, yeah, there isn't. So there's. T- I don't think there's a real disease where old. I, I shouldn't be beating this old horse to death, but I don't think there's a disease where old men always look young because that's. That's not a disease, uh, baby. That's a. That's a good Mr. character Be- trait. Benjamin. I was going to say Benjamin Bean. Benjamin <laughs> Button. <laughs> Eat Benny Beans. Blow up this hot water bottle for Benjamin Bean disease. <laughs> hey, aren't you Mir from Johnson and Mir? Help me and my nephews. You know it. <laughs> we are my nephews need help. They threw us in the gutter. Shouldn't have said that queer line. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats just do it for my nephews. <laughs> <laughs> they have old man's disease. <laughs> They don't, but they're just very affluent. <laughs> Affluenza. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, what do you say? Do it for your nephews. Do it for your yeah. You got Take a couple us out nephews. With a jing. <laughs> you gotta do it for your nephews. They need a helicopter. They love you even though you don't. Oh, wait, I forgot our own. <laughs> I forgot our own thing. We love you, and there's nothing. They love you unless that plop plop fizz. Money fizzes away. Then they'll be bitchy nephews. And they won't let you stay in their house with you. All right, I probably cut it before I sang that one. Cody knows karate and we love you, but there's nothing you can do about it. Uncle Nephew, I'm rich. <laughs> Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Cooking up an episode, 77, jerk practice, there it was, if you liked it, go ahead and subscribe, listen old eps, maybe a rate review. This shifted from a jingle to something kind of George Jonesy. 
Maybe a little country, but you know, you're in the right place. That was written down and saying verbatim, I promise. Thank you for listening, guys. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about Pillsbury. Come on, let's go. Time to get on board. Thanks a lot, Johnny, for getting the boat ready. Everything's the best. Anytime, Bill. We aim to please. Hey, Mac, where do you want the beer? Oh, no. On the boat. Yeah. There's no beer in the cooler, Bill. There's what? There's no beer in the cooler. When you have to get the beer, don't fool around. Get the beer named after the city that means beer. Old Milwaukee. Old Milwaukee is the fastest growing major beer in the country because it tastes as great as its name. When you have to get the beer, don't fool around. Get the best name in the business. Oh, Old Milwaukee beer. How about asking the girls to join us?